Welcome, everybody. This is The Zero Hour. A podcast about life's critical moments. This is your co-host, Mark Fiertz. And I'm Christine Chapman. So, ladies and gentlemen, men, men, we have on the phone, right, today, Mr. Eric Meth. Hello, Eric. Hello. Hello. Hello, world. Hello, world. Hello, hello Zero Hour world. Thank you, sir. Very, very nice to to hear from you. Um, so it's Mark Fiertz, the co-host, and Christine Chapman, the host, the hostess with the mostess, and Mister Eric Meth. Excellent. All right. So today, uh, well, actually, before we talk about like Eric's zero hour, let me do a little intro. Okay. Right. Let okay. Me, that sounds great. Let me. Let's, let's, get, let's get to know. Let's get to let's, know. Let's Eric. get to know Eric. Let's get to know the man behind the beard. All right. <laughs> so, Eric and I uh, met in Eric. I figured it out. 2013. I was wow. uh, in uh, Manhattan as you were. We were both working yep. for different companies. You yep. were my client, right? I was really. Mark, Mark was Mark was a very good. I hate to say the word sales rep partner. We'll call it partner. Dude, love you. Um, <laughs> so you and Romano, right? Were and your company were clients. Yeah. And listen, I like to be friends with clients, whatever. So it's ten years, um, yeah. and we're still talking, and we're still doing stuff, and it's been fun. And you know, Eric. Uh, was in media, right? Internet media, right? And understood how people buy stuff, right? So he worked for a company that sold stuff, right? Yep. Stuff yeah. like household stuff. Like I'm in the studio, right? What's that? Consumables. Con- consume, consumables. Consumer oh. package goods, as they say. CPG the for the layman, right? Okay. Yes, there you go. And... Uh, Super successful at it, right? And speaks marketing fluently, right? Yes. So, um, Eric, did you want to say anything to that before I tee it up for you even better? Yeah, sure. So I, as as Mark eloquently stated, um, I was involved and, and continue to be involved in the digital media marketing world. Uh, really focusing more on retail media, as they say, consumer packaged goods, understanding how consumers formulate buying decisions, and then being able to utilize all that rich data to help companies connect to those consumers and ultimately sell more of their products to those consumers, um, where we can also attribute how much that company spent in order to reach their targets and how many products did those targets buy and what was the value of those products and what was the end result? Did they get what they wanted and then some out of the marketing spend? And that's what I've been doing for the last 25 or so years. Amazing. So Eric, an entrepreneur, a forerunner, a front runner, a visionary, right, right? Takes this main street, mainstay marketing approach and how to talk to customers and applies it to a passion, right? Uh, Eric, talk to us about the passion you first started in your home state. So, I yes, I, I always had this desire. I like to build things, and and, and most of my experience building things, um, and, and, and again, things things focused on the, what I just described the, the connection of consumers mm-hmm. uh, with companies and, and helping those companies understand more about them and why they buy things. Um, the company I was with, as we stated, was very involved in, in traditional verticals, food, drug, and, and mass. So the, mm-hmm. the, the, the large, big food grocery retailers yep. and mass market retailers out there, and then the big and small and medium in between companies that, that carry products in those big mainstream retailers. Um, I saw an opportunity um, to leverage that into another vertical that's very similar, mm-hmm. and that vertical is cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um. So the, the turn of events, and maybe maybe we're jumping. Yes, into wait, wait, we're, we're like sort of teeing you right into wait, our zero on. hour. Hang, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Before the turn of events, so like Eric had this. I don't know if you call it an epiphany, but a wisdom that said, yes. "Wait a second, I can do what I'm doing 
for CPG and consumables, and I can translate that to... To other consumables. Correct. Correct. And in this case, cannabis, right? Go ahead, Eric. Take it from here, sir. Yes. So with, with, with the kind of person I am wanting to continue building things, um, so, so the, when I was with the prior company that Mark and I got acquainted through, um, I was charged with building out this new element of the company. So all the safety nets, I'm in a, I'm in a, a nice, comfortable job, right. demanding but comfortable, made a good living, I have a family, I have three kids, I have a wife. You've got benefits. Um, I got benefits. I got all the trappings of, of what you'd want. And, and... You know, you're living the own. American if, dream, Eric, right? If you, if, if you will, yes, yes, yes. And 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 knowing all that, um, I also have always had a an itch, if if you will, to scratch, yes. which was wanting to build something, but but on my own. Um, but I've always done it, surrounding myself with good people. And the good people are like you on the phone, or people on my team. I you can't do anything on your own. So I, I was able to build this new unit within my, my, my company. Um, that company got acquired mm-hmm. by a large uh, agency, a, a global agency. Um, and when that happens, um, usually the unfortunate outcome is the acquiree, um, despite the fact that there was a nice upfront and I, I benefited financially. Made some dough. Not, All right. You made a couple yeah, bucks, a couple shillings. Not, not, not to the point of, um, are we, are we, is this a PG-13 or can we go a little R-rated? Go. We can go. We can go. 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 Okay, good, good. I wasn't sure what the rating was of the podcast. Um, it wasn't. We don't fucky. either. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 I wasn't a wash and fuck you, honey. I wasn't buying a boat and retiring. Yes. But it, it provided accommodations. For things like college and retirement nest egg, but I still had a big desire to, to work yep. um, and wanted to wanted to see through this this acquisition. So um, I had my feeling that looking at the track record of, of not this specific company, but this specific company among others, when they do these acquisitions, they tend to not know exactly what to do with this new shiny object that they just acquired mm-hmm. for for lots of lots of capital. Um, so I stuck around. And kind of waited it out just to understand, could I continue building this thing inside this new company that was acquired by this larger company and, and turn it into something even bigger? The short of it, no. I, I, despite my best efforts and a lot of other uh, external factors, which we can get into when we, when we turn the page of the zero hour, um, I knew it wasn't going to be long. Uh, for the world, and I still had this desire to go out and apply what I knew from decades, a couple decades of experience, and apply it to the cannabis industry, which was emerging. And timeline-wise, this is about 2016 when the company got acquired. 2017, I gave that kind of best year. Let's give it a year and see what happens. Um, and by the time the end of 2017 came around, I decided to make that that leap into the great unknown. Love I it. Zero hour. So you're, dude, you're a renegade, right? So 2017, cannabis is legal in a select few states, right? Yeah, Colorado, Colorado mean, and a couple others. Massachusetts. Was it? 17? 20-ish, yeah. Well, for medicinal. For medicinal. Yeah, Massachusetts, exactly. So it was more medicinally uh, yes. available in a lot of states. It was available in my state under medicinal. But yeah, you had the adult use markets like Colorado and California and and. and Port, yes. uh, sorry, Oregon and Washington. So those are call them the, the, the sort of the legacy states. Um, it. So especially being in East Coast and being in media, this was a bit of a foreign thing. So when I started, you know, scratching that itch and, and deciding I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to raise a little capital um, among the, the capital that I put in personally, um, in order to take that that trade knowledge and apply it to this emerging industry that really couldn't, the, the biggest thing about that in, the, in that time and place was there wasn't a lot of options to, um, to actually push those ads for these cannabis products yeah. and working with these cannabis operators. 
um, across the same type of websites that I was used to uh, engaging with. And that right. your, your old company, Mark, was, you, were, you were sort of the yeah. facilitator of that, yeah. right? You, you, you aggregated lots of digital media and allowed companies to buy into that aggregate of digital media. So companies like mine can reach those consumers on big branded websites like the New York Times and USA Today and Rolling Stone. And none of them were very interested in running cannabis ads at the time. So, so Eric, oh. Eric, pause there for a second. Um, first question is, what is Mrs. Meth thinking about? Right. When <laughs> you're you, going into the cannabis it, industry, you, Eric? You self-eject, <laughs> right? You're, you're at the top of your game. You self-eject. Yeah. And what yep. does Mrs. Meth say to you? Um, Mrs. Meth, i.e. Dana, Dana Meth, we've been married for 20 plus years. Um, right. she, she, she thought I was fucking out of my mind, okay. of course. That was like the first thing. Like, wait, what? You're going to do what? Okay, but, as, and, and she's also very smart. And she also comes from that space as well, not the cannabis space, but the digital yeah. media space. We, yeah. we both worked in the industry. So she, the, the, the baseline was, was very clear. It yeah. was just like, okay. And and once we we had a, a, a group discussion, as we did with my kids, and, and my kids now are 21, 18, and 13. Exactly. You're probably the so, coolest dad on the block, bro. You probably are. <laughs> Come on. Every time one of my kids goes, yeah, uh, my friend Googled you at work. Or my friend Googled you at school. And, and they're, they, they, you're in the weed industry. They think you're so cool. It's still a job. It's still it's a mean, it's an end. It's a means to an end, right? I got it. Yes. So, but, but at the end of the day, it's hard work. But so, so Eric, in in 2017, uh, you you started. I'm probably going to get the dates wrong, but you had Good Harvest, right? Which was which was your uh, your foray, right? Correct. Now, were were people, friends, colleagues, were they scratching their head, looking at you, saying, "WTF"? Like really? Yes. Or 100 percent, but wow. they also they also understood. It was like, wow, like like, are you afraid? Are you nervous? Are you? And, and I was like, I was kind of like comfortable with it. I, I, you know, to me, I was like, no, like, why? This this is just this just feels natural. I've built a lot of things before, but when you take away that safety net, I was always given this this very, and I had very good good support internally at other companies I work with, uh, very understanding managers and, and those that I learned under. Um, so there was always a, like, we need you to do this new thing. Be, be, be the person that leads us into a little bit of the unknown. And don't worry, if it doesn't work out, you still have a place here. So, you know, that's comfortable, right? You can... Yeah. You could, you've got a little bit of a runway, and you can you can kind of build the plane as as you fly it, as they say. Um, but you also had that okay. There's like a parachute if I need it. Yeah. There's no parachute when you go out on your own. No, which I found out no very, very very quickly. So um, I I raised a little capital, more like friends and family, and and I I, I respect and love those people for having faith in me. Um, and I hired some some partners, um, one to build. I'm, I'm not a technology. I understand technology mm-hmm. to the point I'm dangerous, but I am not a programmer. Mm-hmm. I, right, I, right. I understand that the, 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 the inner workings and the architecture and all that. And I can I, I was like my own project manager when I started working with my technology developer um, uh, because that's what you do. You wear a lot of hats. But I slowly built this team of, of kind of part-timers, and, and we, we, we put a – platform together, which we called Good Harvest Company. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was, uh, if you shorten it, GHC, there was a THC element without being in your face obnoxious about it. Um, I love that. So, so, but it was also about we're, 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 we're harvesting good data, we're mm-hmm. aggregating good data, all based on the same premise of this is how consumers shop for CBD products, wellness products, cannabis products, etc. So, um, so Eric, the the the, yeah. the layman explanation, right? So, I buy detergent. I'm the same consumer mm-hmm. that also may buy an edible, or that also right. might buy some right. flour, right? It is Correct. you understood that before most people, dare I say, a lot of people, and we're like, holy crap! I get it. I know how to market to this person. From a CPG consumable perspective, it's the same person, 
right? Correct. Now I'm just going to kind of switch the gears up a little bit and focus on cannabis instead of focusing on yes. detergent. Correct. That's exactly it. And and the thing is, cannabis is, is in, in a lot of ways, as a product, still greatly misunderstood. So I have, you know, my, my first experience with cannabis was back in high school. Right. right. I, I tended to. Everybody you know, was. Play, yeah, but I, yeah, I played sports, and, and I, I, the people I played sports with, they were like I was the oldest. I have a brother. Um, I'm the oldest of two, and and most of my friends I hung out with were the youngest of like four or five, and they were like a year older than me. So they, they all were well educated on a lot of this stuff well before I was. But um, I have always enjoyed it as as a product to. Um, whether it's an alternative to alcohol or combination of alcohol, you know, whatever, bong hits in college, the whole thing. Right. Um, I always, I always liked the product, and and the product to me at that time was flour, right? It's, yep. it's, it's this bag of stuff that you take out, you crush up, you put in a joint or a bong, and you smoke it, right? That was about the li- the level of of product selection. Mm-hmm. That was out there at the time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and again, like, you didn't really have a choice. It's like, well, what is it? And if you want, if if someone knew at the time, like, well, this is a sativa or an indica, like, forget all that. It was weed. It was just weed. And you hope the guy who sold it to you, like, you know, was, had clean stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Or, or, right. Or it wasn't. You know, it, it, like thankfully back then you didn't have the awfulness that's, that's in the market true. That's right true. now with that's true. fentanyl and all the other. So, so that was never a big concern. It was like, you know, is it going to be really good stuff or, or is it going to be like a bonk, you know, a, a, a bonk batch? Yeah. Um, yeah. But now you fast forward, right? Now you have legalization in, in numerous states. There's obviously more states. Delaware, I just thought today, Delaware is moving forward with adult use. Wow. Great. So now. We're approaching about 40 states in, in the U.S. In the really? US. I didn't that, know. Oh, yeah. In, in one way, shape, or form, have cannabis as a legal product for both, um, for both, um, uh, medicinal and personal? Medical, yeah. Adult use, right. Recreational yeah. use, adult yeah. use, whatever you want to say. But there's still a lot of, um, there's still a lot of, um, Misinformation, stigma. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of stigma. Exactly. Yes. Um, but they, um, I saw this opportunity to be able to not just connect these companies who are producing this product with eligible consumers and measure how much do we put in as far as marketing dollars, how much do we get out. Um, I feel there's a lot still of education that has to happen. And as Absolutely. a brand, you're constantly educating. Um but this is even more important. This mm-hmm. is this is becoming a very commoditized industry because now you do have lots of different types of products, lots right. of different form factors, lots of different ways you can consume. One day you might want a beverage because of X, Y, or Z. The next night you might want to smoke a joint. Another day you might want to put some topicals on a sore muscle. Yes. But most consumers don't really understand the product variety, the selection, and in forget about branding, right? Like we, we deal with a lot of companies who, and there are certainly some brands out there that have done a good job um, com- creating a brand and a name for themselves. But that's a, that's a very limited amount of companies right now. Yes. Um, most of them are just sort of trying to figure out who their consumer is. Once they dial in the consumer base, now we can make our brand a lot more present and memorable, et cetera. So Eric, talk to us a little bit about where you where you are today, right? Your role, the company name, what you're trying to accomplish as an organization, um, and and before you do that, I wanted to comment on something that you just said. Yeah, I am one of those people who needs to be educated, right? Like, yep. I remember it as lots of seeds, lots of stems, right? Right, lots of shake, mm-hmm. and uh, it's now by. Design. How do you want to feel? Do you want to go to sleep? Yes. Do you want to? Do you, yes. do you need to pep up? Like, do you need to relieve pain? Right. Yes. Like sometimes it's pain relief. Like, yes. Like I, I am that person who needs that education yep. because yep. I'm stuck in the '80s, right? Um, <laughs> so here he goes dating himself uh, again. Oh, shit. No. Um, so 
Eric, where you are today, what like what your you know vision, belief, and commitment are, um, and how you're and, and how you're doing it, and how and do it, and promote yourself and promote the company yep. that's part of this yep. as well. Okay, but before yep. you do that, Eric, I have a question. Yes. Were you the first guy out there who decided to take on the cannabis industry from the perspective that is your business's perspective? Um, no. Okay, but, but you were one of lot. few. I was one of a few, and that, that actually is a good segue into how Good Harvest Company ultimately became and got tucked up inside of what is now called Surfside. And okay. that is the company I work for now. Um, no, in, 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 in case in point, there were a few. And I, before Good Harvest was, was a platform and a brand and a thing, I, I, I set up my own entity called Garden State Digital. So I was just presenting myself in the market as a consultant. And I had some consulting gigs that I was doing as I was getting everything up. It provided yep. some income. Et cetera, some education, some contacts. Um, but it also allowed me to engage as kind of this neutral thing. Hey, I'm a data set. I need another component that can actually activate the data that I was collecting, which is associated. And again, big companies do this all the time. Um, we, are, we see people through their devices whether it's your mobile phone and the right. activities that you're taking part on your mobile phone or your desktop device or what you're watching on your connected TV, the same premise is there. But I, I was able to present myself as very neutral yep. where I wasn't like a threat, like, hey, I'm doing the same thing as you and I'm going to get this client before you do. It was more like, hey, I've got a data set. I need to plug it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have these relationships with these, these cannabis companies, these cannabis operators who have licenses in different markets. Um and we were all basically the same shape and size, all kind of fledgling couple people, maybe, you know, two to 10, maybe was the, the, the biggest company that was out there. Okay. Um, and the folks that, that ran Surfside, my current partners, Michael and, and John, um, were all coming from the same space, the ad tech space in New York. We're all focusing on cannabis, pretty small. Right? Yep. So yep. we were going to run into each other and we continued to at different events and shows, et cetera. So, um, I was able to, to, to really partner up and say, hey, I, I need a company to kind of execute these campaigns. And Surfside was one of them, as were a couple others. Yep. Um, the, the, the thing that was, that was different um, and the reason why Surfside became the, the entity where we did this tie-up, I just, and no disrespect to the others out there, there there's a number that, that, that they're still they're friends of mine. We know each other well. We grew, looking back over the past four years, we have grown considerably faster um, than the others and, and have knockwood maintained profitability and you know we're, we're doing well as a company. It's not look, the cannabis market is not in the greatest shape right now. Right. Just, right. Just commiserating with someone about that. Um, and the line I came up with is like, you know, Maybe this is over oversimplifying, but like everything's kind of covered in shit right now. But there's some really yeah. good things getting fertilized within mm-hmm. that shit, and I still have a very strong feeling that the industry will emerge victorious. And, Absolutely. And the, the the thing that we do, and the thing, the mission that I'm on, and our company's on. Um, yes, we want to be successful. We want to continue proving the the like the naysayers wrong. But more importantly, we want to we want to educate consumers through branding, through effective marketing, and that's what we've been doing really well for the past three four years. Um, and again, like the other companies out there, some of them have kind of fallen off, um, but most of the others they're just sort of cruising along, like they haven't really grown exceptionally large. Um, but we also like competition, yeah, which is which is awesome. Um, and the other difference is the larger platform with the exception of, say, like Twitter, which, mm-hmm. you know, while they while this is an announcement that was made about a month ago, um, and Elon kind of teased this out with his, his 420 codes here mm-hmm. and there, um, about a month-ish ago, Twitter relaxed their policy for cannabis, which, I mean, I think is a, I think is a very good thing, right? It's, right. it's a good directional move. Um, 
I I think the reasons why they did it were a little more suspect. Like, mm-hmm. wow, we 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 just lost a lot of like we we lost close to forty fifty percent of our advertising revenue yeah. because all these Fortune one hundred companies uh, bailed out on us. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, they didn't see much of a difference. <laughs> it wasn't like wow, we get we really got to get back on Twitter because we saw a lot of sales happening through that channel. They didn't come back. Right. Uh, Word to the wise, cannabis companies are not going to fill that massive ad revenue gap for Twitter. But yeah. I think it's a really good move because it opens up the door and it allows these other companies out there, whether it's Meta or Google, they're still very much, like I say, they're all kind of allergic in some way, shapes, or form yep, to yep. accepting cannabis, um, which is why you don't see a lot of cannabis ads on your IG feed or your Facebook feed. You'll see content, but you never see paid advertising. So. We, we have a nice little lane we've carved. Um, and again, like our, our purpose is to simplify the way companies can use their own data to reach consumers effectively. Like, like period, hard stop. That's our, that's our core. Yep, yep. And we just let, happen to do it in a highly regulated, unique circle. It, it, it makes complete sense. So, Eric, at, at what point do brands... And I think some of them are doing it. So educate me a little bit, like Budweiser and Pepsi and so mm-hmm. on and so forth mm-hmm. are making drinks, right, that are, mm-hmm. you know, infused or – I'm not using the right terminology. But like mm-hmm. – so the way corporate America is, is when the money is there, right, when, when you know, the bellwethers start to invest, yeah. you know, Meta, Google will take that. Yeah. We'll, take, we'll take those advertising dollars. Um what does that look like from your perspective in terms of who is a front runner? And we don't need to give props to, to, to them specifically, but like what gives you encouragement that it's headed in the right direction? Um, I think, it, well, one, from a, from a political, not to get into politics, but, but it, it, it's worth mentioning. From a political standpoint, one, it's a very, it, it's a subject that has, I wouldn't say like overwhelming bipartisan support, but if you can get any bipartisan support in this day and age, you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 you're seeing now both sides of the aisle filing legislation and bills, not so much around federal legalization in the U.S., but as they're seeing their own states uh, switch over, right? They're, they're either through legislation, legislation or through ballot initiatives and putting it to their constituents as they did in like New Jersey, um, you're seeing a movement more from the, let's make it easy for these companies to do business. Because mm-hmm. right now it's very, very hard. That's a, a reason why between the economy shifting, um, most of the money that was in cannabis, and still largely is, mm-hmm. is private. So it's private right. equity money. Right. Um, you can trade publicly on the Canadian exchange. A lot of U.S.-based operators, cannabis operators, are listed on the Canadian exchange as a public company. Um, so that's one way that they can raise in capital. Um, on the other side of it, it also makes it very difficult because of kind of archaic um, and draconian IRS regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you pay exorbitant taxes on certain things that, like marketing. So for us, mm-hmm. our clients, can't deduct marketing as a business expense unless they get creative, oh. meaning they can really? bundle it. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, oh. and, and we get held to a higher standard. So even even though the way our technology is set up, we can provide you know what's called attribution reports. Again, a company spends $10,000 a month on advertising. We can show them those dollars impacted these consumers that saw those ads and ultimately went to that dispensary's website ordered product, had it delivered or picked it up in store. So, so we could take credit for that sale and we could show for every dollar you put in, you got $4 back or $10 back wow. or $8 back. Um, which is, again, this is, this is table stakes for any traditional marketer, right? right. Any traditional marketer, I don't care if you're Arby's or Procter & Gamble or Ford Motor Company, I want to know, did my marketing spend yield a return for me? And I'm going to double down my investment in those channels right, that right. showed me return. So, you know, we we have that ability to, to do that. But, it, but again, these, these, these external factors um, that can be solved through legislation 
before we even get to, to federal legalization, um, can make it a lot easier for these companies to get listed on the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange, and they can go public and raise money that way, or they can, you know, file for bankruptcy protection. Right, um, right. And that's the unfortunate part, right? So, so the, the industry as a whole is struggling in some ways, it's flourishing in other ways, it's very, very uh, variable depending on what market you're looking at. And obviously when you get a new market opening up, boom, it's like yeah. it's a gold rush. But then the, the sort of the, 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 the effect kind of wears off a little bit, the mm-hmm. newness wears off. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what we are, are challenging our partners to do, our, our, our clients, is extend yourself. Like educate, and, and Christine, you hit it on the head, um, educate consumers not that this is really good weed. This product will help you feel better. This product will help you get a better night's sleep. This type of product yeah. will help you recover when you have sore muscles if you're an athlete. So, you know, again, like you're, we're, we're doing a lot of things at once. We're penetrating the stigma where weed smokers are just lazy, Dorito munching, video right, game playing, right. uh, not, you know, people that have no, no direction in life. Um, but that's not the case. Like we're, we're, we are all everyday consumers and what these companies need to do is understand the core consumers they have and then find other consumers in those same markets that look like, smell like, act like mm-hmm. those people. That's one of the other things that, that our platform among others do, um, where now we can advertise to those people, but we will do it in a much different way versus a known cannabis set of consumers that are shopping store A and, and store B wants to capitalize on those people that are already in the market. They just want them to expand uh, the, the, their ability to reach them and drive them into their store, which, you know, again, uh, CVS, Conquest, Walgreens all day long, right. McDonald's, Conquest, Burger King all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the same, those same tactics still apply, but I think with the way that this consumer base um, and, and, and Call it, like you have the total addressable market, i.e., people that are 18 plus in mm-hmm. medical markets that right. can get a card, or 21 plus in adult use markets. Um, it's very much similar to alcohol advertising, mm-hmm. right? Budweiser can advertise literally everywhere, so long as the core of the audience that's seeing that Budweiser ad meets a minimum criteria of about 72 and a half percent. Right. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. So yeah. Well, that's why you can. Budweiser can run, you know, an ad on the Super Bowl, right? Because millions of people watch the Super Bowl, um, and loads of kids watch the Super Bowl. But the the high concentration of people that are are much older adults, yeah, that 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 are in the large target audience, which is twenty one plus. So, right. So, and there's other factors that my company has to adhere to. outside of understanding that the consumers that see these ads on these sites have a concentration, high concentration body of the 21 plus, but we also have to dot a lot of I's and cross a lot of T's to make sure that they're not putting false health claims in or they're not showing people consuming cannabis that they could show the product. Or in certain markets, you have to have your license number on every single ad to know that you're a licensed business that's running this ad versus a gray market or a black market business that's running this ad. So um, we, we take care of a lot of that. But again, it's from, from the general awareness standpoint, when you're going beyond the core consumer that's already in the category set, yep. you really need to have that educational message that can do the destigmatizing as well as the education um, and yeah, we, we might use in market data, um, that might, you know, pharmaceutical companies use a lot of data to understand without exposing personal health information. Um, they kind of know that you might be in the market for this type of product, right, right. this type of situation that you're in. We want to look at it the same way. And I, you know, one of the biggest things that I am personally speaking, um, you know, I had a, pretty traumatic injury several years ago. I, I, I busted my collarbone cycling um, and I had hardware put in and surgery. It was awful. Um, and I was miserable. And what, of course, did they give me? Narcotics, Oxy-fucking, right? Yeah. Oxy-fucking-codon. Like, yeah. like, 
and 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 yeah, I mean, I, I before Dope Sick and, and all that, who's seen that series, which is amazing. Um, I knew the, the 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 horrors that this drug could could inflict on people. Um, outside of the fact that it does relieve your pain, that's that's wonderful. But it does a lot of other terrible things. I self medicated, so yeah. and, and it was it was the, the best recovery. And I used a lot of CBD products and everything else. That was my personal use from yep. a medical standpoint. Um, but people have to realize this. People have to understand that it, it, it's used the same way that you could buy Advil to treat a headache, and it's an over-the-counter uh, remedy for you, versus a higher dose of, of acetaminophen or a higher dose of ibuprofen, which requires a prescription. You can kind of look at cannabis in, in a lot of similar ways. Or you can look at it as a substitute or a thing that you might consume in line with alcohol, if you're an alcoholic beverage user. So, right. There's so, a lot of different ways that we can, but we have to position it the right way. With so, Eric, why hasn't, or maybe maybe they have, and I'm, and I'm just not aware of it. So, if it's if it's mostly about education to get the word out mm-hmm. to relief or re- release the stigma, right? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't a major brand come to the market, put all the money into it, mm-hmm. so so everyone else can benefit? Like that's. Maybe I don't. Maybe there are. Maybe I don't know about it. But if there's that much yeah. money to be made, and the reason, and my my understanding of why it's been legalized in so many states is for the tax revenue, right? Yes. So if there's yes. all this money coming in, and if your consumer is me, you, and, and everyone else, we're buying detergent and we're buying cannabis products. Who is stepping up to the plate in a big way from a yes. big brand perspective to say, "Hey, everyone." It's all good, right? Same regulations yep. as in mar- as in as in alcohol. It's a little different. It's you know, like how are they or or who is who is yeah. stepping up? Or is there more um, money to be made in alcohol? Well, good point. And therefore, why would they risk it by by right. diversifying their offerings? I don't know. I'm just uh, you know. I'm just playing so, devil's advocate, right? No, 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 no. And, and again, you're, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, the companies, or I should say, the categories of companies that are closely looking at this or investing in it, yep. are big alcohol, big tobacco, really, big pharma. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. Um, why they're not doing more? And so, one example: Constellation Brands, right? Corona, etc. Among um, uh, Anheuser-Busch, Miller Coors, I mean, all of them have stakes in the industry. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Um, from the pharmaceutical side, I mean, there's one, there's, there's a couple, but one, the major drug, um, GW Pharma is the company mm-hmm. um, uh, that produces uh, Epidiolex. It's a, it's a drug that's used primarily to treat epilepsy in children. But mm-hmm. the basis of it is, a, is it has a cannabis base as its active ingredient. Really? That's, that was really the first known FDA approved product that was allowed to be marketed in the U.S. Um, and yeah, uniquely enough, it's, it's typically more effective in children with epilepsy than adults. But, Interesting. Um, but the, the, the hair around everything that prevents them from doing more um, is the fact that it's still federally illegal in the yep. U.S. Yep. Constellation made a very big investment, about $400 million to start, which I believe, if my numbers are correct, it elevated to about a $2.1 billion investment that they wow. elevated to. This was back in like 2017, 2018, because they saw the opportunity and understood, I look at like, you know, <clears throat> Eastman Kodak as an example. Like Eastman Kodak missed the ball, right? They, they, they thought electronic photography and digital photography was like a fad. Right. Bad bet, right? <laughs> um, the Polaroid camera and the, and the traditional camera, everything else that, that, as we know, kind of fell by the wayside in favor of digital photography. Right. Um, so a lot of these companies, and again, I'll use focus on me, I, I have a tolerance, alcoholic tolerance, of like a five-year-old right now. Like I, I have way deprecated my alcoholic beverage consumption in favor of cannabis no, beverages cannabis. Mm-hmm. cannabis products. Yeah, it's not to say that I don't drink alcohol. I still enjoy a bourbon. I still enjoy a cocktail. I'm also very keen on cannabis as a as a cocktail component. Mm-hmm. Um, but we mm-hmm. can get into that another time. Okay. Um, I look forward but, to that. <laughs> but 
But the the main point is they see the writing on the wall. They they want to be able to capture that market share, and that's why I, you know from a from a data standpoint, I am very very interested to understand people's alcoholic beverage consumption that aren't active cannabis consumers because that's that's the way that AB and Miller Coors and um, and, and, and Constellation and all these other companies, as well as the tobacco companies, are saying, okay, it's going to get to the point where more people are going to consume these products. And that's when we're going to get open about it. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, yeah. and I would say specifically the spirits and beverage companies are really, really good at branding and marketing yes. a product that is very commoditized, right? It's like you see how many bottles of clear liquid or brown liquid or... Uh, you know, beers in a liquor store. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Like, what's the difference between Ciroc and Absolute and uh, Sovietsky vodka? Bottling. Outside of the... Yes! Precisely. Bottling. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Mark, yes. Mark gave me shit about buying a bottle of alcohol, and he was like, why are you spending money on this? Don't spend money on the expensive shit. Like... Especially with vodka, because it doesn't taste any different, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, I, and, and again, like I, I, I appreciate the fact that, yes, all bourbons are not the same. There's definitely uniqueness with different wines, right, et cetera. Right. But when you look at, and, and you, could, you could make the same argument for cannabis products. But again, I think from, a, from, from that side of it, these companies are really good at what they do from a marketing perspective. So what they also want to look at is a way, and this is why they kind of use Canada as their test kitchen, literally. Like, they would invest in these companies, they would start understanding how to produce, like Sam Adams is another company that, that is pretty heavily invested in mm-hmm. the Canada space. They have a whole division in Canada that is really just there to, to really create innovative uh, uh, cannabis beverages. Wow. Ultimately, with the option of being able to then carry them and market them or license them in the U.S., so it's like great. We, yeah. we have all this institutional foundational knowledge of how to make really cool products, um, test them, get consumer profiles, do a lot of research, do a lot of data, um, uh, and, and that's also one thing that, that we have the opportunity to help them with because they don't have a lot of syndicated data resources. There are certainly companies in, the, in our space that, that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's limits on how they can get really good, keen understanding of cannabis consumer behavior and then use that to help directionally uh, provide inputs on how to create these really cool, unique products that they can ultimately market. Because again, they see the writing on the wall. Okay, so, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Eric, I have a question because we, we're getting to that place where we need to start winding down. And mm-hmm. my question to you, you have built this business you have gone into partnership and you have clients and a wealth of knowledge about this industry that you have completely immersed yourself into. And there seems to be passion and a personal purpose to not only build your business and help your clients and their customers, but also to raise awareness and educate the general masses about a product that you believe in as a wellness recreation um, and, and you know, sort of up and coming and continuing to sort of um, impact our, you know, our health as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So looking back on this leap of faith, would you do it again? And what itch now that that has been scratched remains for you to jump into next? Like what is the future <laughs> For Eric Meth. Um, first question, yes, a hundred percent would do it again. Um, would I do it a little differently? Of course. Sure, I hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, and and you know, success is, is multiple is a product of multiple failures, as they yes. say. Um, but yeah, I would not. I would not. I, I have zero regrets whatsoever, um, and it's not easy. And, and I and it and I have a, a, a hell of a lot of appreciation for people that have taken similar leaps of faith and built wildly successful businesses because the failure rate of startups is incredibly high. Yes. Right? Like like ninety percent plus fail in different ways, shapes, or forms. And you can you know, again, like I, like my original intention was I'm gonna 
leave my job. I'm going to raise some money. I'm going to stay CEO of this company that I started. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to sell it. And then I'll have fuck me money at the end of the day and I can retire and do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at what my path has charted and I am, again, no regrets whatsoever. I, I love yeah. where I landed. We, we are a good company. Uh, as a whole, we have really good leadership. We have really good people. We have thankfully made a good name in the market. Um, we go to shows, we go to conferences. We, we have a, we carry a good name. But we're so not done. Yeah. I mean, we have so, there's still, there's still more to be done. Um, and that's more or less like my what's next is, is accelerating our trajectory with the team that we've built and continue to grow that team. Um, so we can, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I want to have a great outcome for this. I want to, I want to have uh, an even bigger outcome than what my last company uh, was able to, to 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 pull off before it ultimately sunset based on a combination of different factors, COVID notwithstanding. Um, but after that, like we get to that point, um, after you know doing some fun things and spending really good time with my family, yeah. Um, I, I think there's still more to be done within this space. Like I I I I want to continue finding ways to just educate consumers. And enroll people. I get it all the time. I get it from my mother-in-law, my my stepmom, my my dad. Like I'm, I'm surrounded by aging. I'm aging, right? I I yeah. I feel a lot younger than I am, but I but my body tells me differently. <laughs> yeah. Like I can still go out and run, you know, dozens of miles a week, but I don't feel quite the same as I did five years ago, and definitely not 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of other people um, in that same position, also with far greater. Like not wood. I I'm thankfully, and my family thankfully is, is healthy, um, but it does present opportunities to educate consumers when they do encounter more severe health issues, or they're trying to you know find their way away from from more dependent products that are on the pharmaceutical side, or you know they're consumed with alcohol, whatever the case is. Um, but I think there's 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 a lot more ground to cover for us in order to get to that point. Um, and that's that's what we're really focused on right now. And then, you know, the, the beyond this, it's hard to say. I mean, I, it's, it's when you're when you're in this sort of mindset, um, I want to I've got a I've got a couple, you know, mini finish lines before the big finish lines, like yeah. a marathon. Yeah. You know, we're we're in. I, I, I've run a couple of marathons. I feel like we're still at like maybe the, between the five and 10 K mark. You know, you know, it's, fun, so we, it, it's funny you say that because I was thinking, you know, crawl, walk, run, you know, where, mm-hmm. where, where's the industry? Um, mm-hmm. Eric, in regards to education, right? So Eric Meth is the CRO, right? Of surfside.io. Yep. And, yep. Eric, a quick plug on I'm on your LinkedIn page right now, right? Quick yeah. plug on your on your uh on you being a panel for the small business education series, right? The topic is advertising in cannabis. It is yeah. Wednesday, March 29th at 2:30 to 3 Eastern Standard Time. Um and you do a lot of things like this. Like I'm always I'm always on your your LinkedIn profile. Like so people- Is there a recording of that, Eric? Uh, probably. That's great. Um, yes, that was the most recent one. Yes, I can get a recording of that. Not a problem. Um, yeah, I, 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 again, it's like I, I, I like to be surrounded by people that are that are smarter than me, certainly, and and that's that's part. And and I like to I like to also be I like to get exposed to people that have different um, levels of expertise. Definitely. In and around the cannabis space. Um, Absolutely, and whether that's on the legal side, on the on the financial side, um, or on the marketing side, like I love collaborating with people, um, even people that work for you know quasi or directly competitive companies. Like we're all we're, we have, like that's the thing. Like this this industry above any others, like the ad tech industry and the advertising industry is fun. Yeah, um, this is even more fun because I think everyone and, and there's definitely a level of I wrote an article. Um, it was like a post New Year's. It was somewhat recent. Like I wrote it right after the first of the year, and it was like a, a retrospective and a little bit of a prognostication of what's going to happen in 2023. 
And, nice. you know, the, the, the biggest, the, I, I used a line from, from, uh, um, uh, Danny Glover, lethal weapon. Like I'm getting too old for this shit. Yes. I saw it. I saw it on your page. Everyone, everyone in the industry. And I feel like a, I feel like a neophyte. Like I've been at this for about four or five years. There's people that have been in this for 20 plus and more years. They're the, you know, the, the, the shoulders. Yeah. That's the shoulder of the giant that I stand on a lot. Um, I, I feel like there are a lot of people that get into this industry because it's cannabis. They also run away from the industry because it's because cannabis. cannabis. Because it's, yeah. it's very dis- it's very dysfunctional in a lot Eric, of Eric, your but, your your passion, it, dude, shines brightly, right? Yes. Like shines through. Like I, everyone should be as passionate about what it is they do, like you do, like you are, right? Yeah. Um, Eric, we're we're gonna have to wrap up uh, in the next minute or two. Is there any final thoughts or final things you'd like to say uh, to to preach your your vision? I just love I just want people to open their mind about this. If you're curious about the, the industry, um, I we're always certainly looking for good people. Little little shameless promotion for the for the company. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm an open book. You could reach me on LinkedIn. You could reach me on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, um, and I am always happy to talk to people. Sometimes I, sometimes I like to scare the shit out of people who are considering jumping into the industry. Mm. <laughs> and, okay, you're still game? Great. I got someone you can meet. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I, the final thought is I, I just, I, 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 I am very open and yes, I am passionate about it and I, I like to have that spirited discussion. You know, we're in a place in time where people don't talk to one another, which mm-hmm. is super unfortunate. I'm a communicator. Um, this is how you can solve problems or at least get to the, you know, okay, we agree to disagree, but there's some level of unanimity that I think you can achieve um, just by having that conversation. I think like this is one particular topic that, I like to open people's minds about a little bit. And I also like to hear like their position on, on why not. And, and I don't always see the why not part of it. So yeah. I, I like to get educated from that side of it as well. Yeah. So, Eric, thank my, you so pre- much. Dude, thank you, man. This was amazing. Like time well spent. Uh, everyone, Eric like Meth, CRO, surfside.io. Thank you thank so you. much, Eric. Mark, Christine. We have to do this in person. Absolutely. I like, to, I like when, when, when we have a catalog as, as Zero Hour Podcast becomes wildly popular. Yes, sir. Um, I, I want to I be a boomerang guest. And, and we have Absolutely. To do it hell yeah. Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks, have a brother. great rest of have your day. Good. Talk to you later, buddy. You too. Thank you, Bye-bye. Eric. Peace, Take bro. care. Bye. That was Eric Meth, folks. And we are here at the Zero Hour. All right. Thank you again uh, for spending time with us. I'm Mark Fiertz. And I'm Christine Chapman. And we are the the Zero Zero Hour. Hour. Signing off. See you next week. Bye.